Welcome to this edition of the Neon Jazz Interview Series with talented New York City jazz vocalist Deborah Lotz. She was originally trained to be an actress and pursued her dreams on Broadway in New York City. But life wove its path to jazz and she has had a great run at it. On the heels of her brand new album called Sur la Instant, she is doing a good amount of publicity and live gigs to get the sales going and the word out about this moment, which is in the moment. And over the course of our conversation, she explains how all paths led to today, along with much, much more. Please dig this interview, my friends. Hey, thanks for taking a little time to talk with me today. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Let me go ahead and start off and ask you, what has been going on lately? <laughs> what has been going on lately? Well, what has been going on lately is that, you know, I just released in May my fourth CD, Sur l'instant, and which means in the moment in French. And uh, I'm very excited about it because I was able to make this album in trio with one of my longtime mentors, Alain Jean-Marie, on piano and bassist Gilles Naturel on bass. And uh, we recorded it in Paris in 2013. And cool. it was, yeah, yeah, you know, and it was exotic, actually, you know, yeah. to be recording in Paris. Everybody's French around me. I speak un petit peu français, a little bit French. Yeah. Everything on the album is in English. And, um, you know, it's uh, it's an album with blues, bebop, and ballads. There's nine tracks. And the reason I call the album Solastant in the moment is because although we had, for a couple of weeks prior to the recording in 2013, played in Paris clubs, feeling out the songs, figuring out which direction we'd like to take them in, Basically, when we got into the studio, we didn't have um, any arrangements specifically for the tunes. So, you know, we made it together, which was a new experience for me in the studio. And it was very exciting. And, um, and I'm really happy with what we've done. And, you know, I was looking for something to do with Allah that was very Sparse, you know, and really just concentrate on telling the story of the tune. And um, so that's what I've been doing recently is all of the things that go along with a release playing. And um, I'm very proud to say that I had my release gig at the Blue Note on May 8th in their uh, Late Night Groove series, which was really, really fun. Yeah. And... Um, <clears throat> and now I'm continuing to have gigs. And, well, I'm thinking about the next album, but mostly, you know, concentrating on this particular album with Alain and Gilles. Wonderful. Let me go back to the beginning of your life. Where were you born and raised? I was born and raised in Fairfield, California. I was born there. I wasn't really raised there. So that's Northern California. I'm from Northern California originally. And um, spent my young, young years in Sacramento. And then I went to college in San Francisco. 
And I also, I basically, I did major at San Francisco State University in lyric theater, which is what they call it at the time now. I think you'd call it music theater. And um, so that's where I started out in music theater and um, and acting. And then um, I came to New York many years ago actually to audition for Broadway, you know, and oh. do that route. And um, it all led me to jazz. Somehow it all led me to... I think jazz is was and continues to be so appealing because it's more open-ended, although you might have a form, but, you know, in theater or music theater, I felt like, you know, this is what needs to be done and it has to be done this way and you're directed in a certain way. <clears throat> However, you're still telling a story and you're taking on a character and that is similar to being a vocalist, you know, because I'm telling a story and I want to tell my story even though I might be singing someone else's lyrics. So, um, yeah, I'm from Northern California and I am always happy to be here on the East Coast. I started out, you know, a really pleasant, charming, <laughs> young woman and I think I still have some of those attributes, but New York City toughened me up, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's an interesting lineage that you speak of going from, you know, acting and being classically trained in that and wanting to get on Broadway. And I, I keep thinking about another singer out there that everybody probably knows of, Molly Ringwald. You know, she is known as an actress, but she's a jazz singer. And I think her link was to her dad out in California was in jazz, and I just think it's interesting when the, the lineage of your life going from, you know, one dream of acting in Broadway and finding its way to jazz. So is there specifically an album, an artist, a moment, um, a period of time that was like jazz was something that you were going to pursue? Yes, jazz it was something at that time that I said to myself, I want to investigate this. You know, it felt more like home base to me than um, musical theater. So I definitely, you know, wanted to pursue it. And I was in the right place because I was in New York City. Yeah. And, you know, it's just a plethora of amazing artists that are all accessible. You know, Dave Liebman, Mulgrew Miller, uh, in the early 2000s, you know, I was able to go into what was then Sweet Basil and say, you know, I'd really want to speak with you on your break if that's okay, you know, and he was extremely generous and spoke with me for, you know, 20 minutes. Um, you know, that was really a beautiful moment. And then he, it was funny because um, when the IAJE used to be held and used to exist in New York City, I would go and I would run into him there and he would say, are you, you know, are you following me around? Because I often ran into him. You know, what a, how incredible that I could, you know, hang out to a certain degree, you know, here and there 
talk with Mogul Miller, Dave Liebman is also an accessible person who's, you know, playing and recording I really admire and have been able to, you know, go to his gigs here in New York City and say hello and tell him how I feel, ask him to autograph some discs, you know. So this, you know, not to mention Sheila Jordan, who is also a mentor of mine, um, you know, extraordinarily generous human being and amazing uh, musician, you know, and that's happening right here in Gotham, you know, it's just, it's amazing. Yeah, that's great. So your jazz approach is kind of uh, an affinity for swing and the elemental 3Ds, the blues, bebop, ballads. How did that approach develop for you? Well, I mean, you know, really listening to as many people as I can listen to the greats, listening to recordings, going to hear music live. Um, I did not go to conservatory, basically continue to study on the bandstand. And, um, you know, on this particular disc, this Sur l'instant, that is definitely what's going on uh, with those three Bs. And, um, you know, I'm definitely influenced by the amazing Ella Fitzgerald. There's no question about that. And so many people, I mean, Betty Carter, Carmen McRae, Mel Torme, um, you know, Sheila Jordan, Jay Clayton, so many amazing, beautiful, tell-the-story vocalists, um, along with, you know, Sonny Stitt, um, uh, you know, um, Miles Davis, you know, just listening, 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 listening. And someone I also love for so long is Dave Brubeck, and he's influenced me a lot through the years. And um, that's definitely why I recorded Weep No More. And and playing with Alain Jean-Marie on this particular album, he's a he's really a purist you know, when it comes to jazz, and I wanted to honor that, you know, in playing with him. And yeah. so that's kind of how it all came together for this Wonderful. particular album. So talk to me about the gigs that you've had, Jardines. You've had some time at Kansas City. We're here in KC. Talk to me a little bit about the memories that you have of, of playing here. Oh, thanks for asking. You know what? That was a That was great. That was back in 2010. And I was super fortunate. I mean, um, I got to play with Gerald Spates on bass, Matt Otto on tenor sax, and Tim Cambrone on drums. And a pianist I was working with a lot back then, Daniela Schechter on piano, uh, came with me, and we had two nights at Jardines. And um, it was a great, great experience. You know, that club at that time, I know it's since closed, um, it was a great venue. I felt very welcomed, and we had good, you know, really great crowds. I have a couple friends there, and so, you know, it was great to see them. And something else I also remember is that it was crazy, crazy hot outside. Yeah. 
which um, was, it, it kind of, you know, it added to the whole experience, you know, yeah. <laughs> to come in and be cool, yeah. you know, yeah. inside. Um, but it was a great experience, and I am, you know, I'm really thankful that I was able to play there and yeah. explore a little bit. I didn't get to explore as much as I had intended to Kansas City while I was there. So hopefully the next time I come and visit, I will. Yeah, wonderful. So you mentioned some names that were influential for you. Let me ask you this. If you could go back in time and witness a show and a performer at any time, what what would you go see? I think I'd definitely go see Nina Simone. Yeah. Powerful. Honest, extremely honest human being. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, along with, if I can say another, I mean, there's so many people, but as far as vocalist goes, if I could have been there live to witness Betty Carter, that would be really profound. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm sure I would weep through both of those concerts. Yeah. So, so let me ask you this. You, you've, you've had reviews and people that have watched you perform over the years that have defined you, and everybody has their perception of who you are. Tell me who you think you are. Wow, that's a good question. I think that I'm a storyteller, and I think that the most comfortable way for me to tell the universe or to share with the universe who I am and what my beliefs are about being a human on planet Earth, the most comfortable way I feel doing that is through song. Yeah. And, um, you know, I'm not, I'm not, what I'm trying to spit out here is I'm not exactly sure that I would call myself a jazz vocalist. I call myself a vocalist. And I'm exploring jazz. And I'm also exploring more free music. And we could put that in the jazz department. Um, you know, and I'm just, a, uh, you know, I'm definitely an actor. So I always bring that to my performances. And um, and I think that's extremely important for me as a vocalist who's using words to express myself along with music, you know, that for me it's important that I know who I'm speaking to. You know, I'm not always specifically speaking to the audience that's in front of me. I'm sharing. I'm communicating, you know, the essence of the song that I'm singing, and it's coming from my own experience, whether someone else has written it or not. You know, if it's my own tune, it's definitely coming from me. But so... I think I would say that I am a performer, a vocalist, 
and a storyteller, a communicator. So let me ask you this. This is this kind of is going to be kind of my summary final question for you. If we get together in about ten years and talk, what are you going to want to tell me happened? What are you going to What are you going to be happy that happened over the last decade? That's an excellent question. Ten years from now, well, I look forward to talking with you, Joe, in ten years. First of all, and cool. second of all, <laughs> hmm. second of all, um, oh, I'd like to be able to say to you, you know, several more albums out that I didn't pay for, and, um, you know, um, I'd like to say that, you know, I had a, a, a deeper understanding of, you know, the music, jazz, that I'm, that I'm always working to become more fluent in, and uh, that I have written a lot more myself, that I've written, you know, I've done a few albums of only my work um, in the next 10 years, and that I keep spreading the good word, the good music, and that I'm sharing, you know, I'm sharing, and that I am so... I'm really so grateful to be able to play with all of the people that I play with, the people that I am going to meet, and I'm sure I'm going to play with a lot more people. And um, hopefully I'm going to be alive in 10 more years. You know, this world is so crazy. So that's one thing I'm going to say to you. Wow, I'm so happy to still be here and playing and discovering and experimenting and sharing, sharing. That's a key word. Wonderful. That's a perfect way to wrap everything up. Deborah, thanks for giving me some of your time. Love no, it. thank you so much. I totally appreciate that you took the time with me. I wish you a beautiful summer. And thank you. I'm going to put it in my calendar 10 years from today. We're going to have a nice conversation. Sounds like a plan. Okay. <laughs> thanks for listening and tuning in to yet another Neon Jazz interview where we give you a bit of insight into the finest players in New York City, Kansas City, and spots all over America, giving fans all that jazz. And thanks to Deborah for her time, talent, and dedication to furthering the jazz craft. If you want to hear more interviews, go to Famous Interviews with Joe Domino on the iTunes Store or visit theneonjazz.blogspot.com for all things Neon Jazz. Until we meet again, enjoy the music, my friends. Neon Jazz.